This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard, and alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Well, I didn't expect that because yeah. <laughs> this is not my show no more. Poor Camper. That's... How do I not get top like billing a, on my own show? It feels like it. I feel like I'm origin cuckolding again. Yeah, I white ended <laughs> you for nothing. You yep. did. <laughs> and with anyway. me today, Nick Campton. Oh, thanks, Good everybody. Mike. Thanks, Bertrand. I appreciate that. Because it flow in terms of syntax. Alongside me, as always, should come before and with me today. It no, but should. if you'd gone with and with me today, and then we could have surprised him with Mitch showing up. Instead, oh, of, instead of temporarily seconds. making them think oh, that's well, this is why I quit the show. This oh, amateur hour stuff, you know, on air editing. This would oh, never God, happen on my watch. I can't wait to fire you next, Camper. It's going to be great. I'm, ad- yeah. I'm addicted to it now. Um, all right, but we are here. The editor at large has been dragged in for this very special occasion. It is, of course, Origin Eve. We're recording later than usual, boys, but I think, Campo, it's Fair to say that it's worked out for the best that we didn't record either late last night or this morning, given all of the news that's broken in the last few hours. Well, yeah, so, wait, so Campo's the host again now. I just want to check. Oh with, my god! Yeah. <laughs> get back, get back, back get Campo. back in your box, guest, whoever yeah. you may be. I don't put me please, in the host chair. Uh, please only speak if I say your name. Thank you, <laughs> Nick. You have the floor. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Bertrand. No, well, we've developed a bad habit this year of recording on Mondays and then news breaks almost immediately after we finish recording. It's happened so many times this year that it's quite uncanny. But uh, yeah, Latrell Mitchell pulled up lame with a with a calf problem today and the Blues didn't want to risk him not being able to train in the captain's run. Um, it's always hard to know how serious these things, these things are. I think there was a bit of mail around today. I think Cody Kay from Fox Sports was reporting that Charles actually a chance of playing this weekend, which would be kind of crazy. I would have thought that if there were any players in the Blues team who would be given the benefit of the doubt of, of missing the captain's run and playing anyway, I would have thought mm-hmm. Latrell would be would be one of them, given his sort of stature in the team and what he's done for the Blues in the past, but they've opted to go the safe route and bring in Stephen Crichton. Um, I think I, I, I'm not sure how much I see this changing the style the Blues play with, but I certainly think it changes what their ceiling is like is a team. Absolutely. What a what a what do you what does my esteemed co-host and my loathed guest think of well, think of this I, uh, I, of this I, development? I, I'll throw it over to the loathed guest who also loathes the blues. So uh Mitch, you've got to be delighted that the game's premier talent, the game's best fullback in twenty twenty three, Latrell Mitchell, is not playing in this game. Well, you know it's origin time, right? When you call up your one blow in Queensland fan mate just to talk about origin. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am blowing in. That guy is Lucy from Queensland, isn't he? Remember that dude? <laughs> yeah. uh, obviously, it, it's a plus for Queensland, but you know, favoritism is also a plus for Queensland. The Blues being heavily favoured, so this is almost a win for the Blues. That's a, this is a back against, back against the wall move. We like naming the eighteenth man. We're the ones who are supposed to come in with players missing. That that Nathan Cleary tooth story almost sent me. Who gave him the handbook? <laughs> They're not allowed to do that. And, and then tooth infection. Okay, yeah, he's in doubt, is he? <laughs> okay. It kind of plays into something I talked about on the show yeah. last week that the Blues are having a very Queensland build-up. Like they, they stuck, they, they stuck by blokes who have done it in the past. Everyone's torn the selections to shreds. They picked one bloke from absolutely nowhere. Nobody thought 
Pangai was going to get picked, but he's getting a run anyway. And they're losing plays in camp and everyone reckons Freddie's a moron and siege mentality and all that sort of shit. This is what Queensland does. This is Queensland's play. And they don't like it. You know, and, and yeah. Queensland have just had a nice, easy camp, no problems, nothing like that. Everyone reckons they're going to win. The script has been flipped. I'm not even. I'm not sure. I'm comfortable with it. But I think Billy Billy Slater is going to cook like a bad batch of pasta or something and give the boys food poisoning or something on Sun or, or tomorrow or something just to give them. If I don't something. see someone in a moon boot tomorrow. I'm going to flip. <laughs> Put him in a moon boot. Yeah, but uh, like you're you like most is like running out of the bathroom yeah. and hitting Mister Burns with the crowbar. That'll be yeah. you on Cam Munster. It's it's obviously a big out for the Blues, and it's unfortunate for Campbell Graham that no matter what you think of how he ended up where he was, that this is why I thought the 18th man stuff, people were disrespecting that role a bit when they're talking about that with him. It was unf- you know, he if Origin was played two three weeks ago, he he plays, but it wasn't. It's how the chips fell, and he was the next guy in line with the quality backline there, and it's a bit of a bitter pill that. Maybe he could have gone, I don't know, if he would have been ready to play on game day, but Luttrell, his own teammate, misses. The door's open for Stephen Crichton. And if the Blues win, that pretty much just means... Crichton could play terribly, right? But if the Blues win, it pretty much means Crichton's played in a winning Blues team. He's the now next in line. Yeah, it's tough. That's that's tough for for Campbell. And that's why you have to take those opportunities when they're presented. And that's why the 18th man does matter now. Two years ago in Origin Camp, Queensland didn't get to the game day with their one to seventeen once. It's not that crazy that guys get hurt in the lead up, but it's also it's it's part of the game day squad now. We haven't got our heads around that yet. It's not the old eighteenth man, and yeah, they don't get used often in the NRL games, but they are part of the match day squad. It's a role that matters. And Stephen Crichton got that opportunity, and now he's into the team. And it's big for Queensland because that Latrell versus Hammerstone matchup was a bit of a worry. It, it was a big test for Hamaso, and it's not one that we should take easy either with Crichton going in that position. But obviously, they would have spent a lot of the time the last week doing their training and practice. And I heard Joey speak about it, how much they practiced a lot of their shape around Hudson and Luttrell on that left edge. And that's gone. Yeah. That's I, I've matter. been to a couple of Blues training sessions this week, and you could see, even just with their team runs and all that, how much of it was stressed around getting yardage on the right side with Frizz or, or or whoever else and setting up these really big shifts to the left. And I actually thought it was going to be a real strength of Blues, not just because Luttrell's such a great player, but you get him next to Hudson Young and and, and Brian Totten. and you've got a lot of big bodies who can all offload and, and, and draw in contact and, and really get things rolling. So it was something I was expecting the Blues to really, really hit heavily on. And like yeah. you say, Mitch, now that's gone. And Stephen Crichton's a very capable replacement, but he's just a different sort of player. I think he's much more of a finisher than a, than a creator. Um, and they're going to have to probably create more on the inside in order to offer him chances to finish. If you get me, you know what I mean? He's not sort of like the, the instant attack, the instant offense that, that, yeah. that Latrell Mitchell is. So like I said before, I think it lowers the blue ceiling from a point scoring perspective, but I think they'll go into this with the pretty similar game plan. But before we get to the blues, Mitch, I'm curious to know, what did you make of this Queensland team? What do you like about it? What are your thoughts and feelings? What don't you like about it? Talk me through it. Uh, I like Dave Fafita's back. I hate that all of you people out there, the media, everyone, had to get together and, and bully him into running the ball more and tackling more to get his spot back. I yeah, like at, explosion, at the, at Dave. The, at the preseason media <laughs> meeting, we... Uh, you all we, we put Dave Fafita's face on a whiteboard and we said, fellas, we're changing him. We're doing it. We this are. is the year. And we've, we've made it happen, which is great. 
it's funny we, we speak about how Campbell Graham, if Origin was played like two weeks ago, he'd have played. And it's quite funny the journey that that Queensland fullback spot has been on. And I do think they made the right call because of those concerns. But G two like Ponga does look like the last two weeks does look like himself, and that's a hard call to live by. But this is the thing of being an Origin selector and an Origin coach. Those decisions that coach will live and die by those. And so you know that Billy has to have a lot of faith in Reese Walsh to make that decision because Caelan Ponga was one of his, well, outside of Carrigan for mine, he was the best player for Queensland last year. I, and I would his, love it, to know what would have happened if Caelan Ponga had played the whole season. He'd because be there. There's re, no doubt. Re, yeah, it's just interesting to think about how many more games he needed to play to keep hold of that jersey, whether it was even one or two or whether it was four. Mate, I, don't I reckon know. he had but, it until he stumbled. Do you last week? Yeah. Well, we I kind of joked about it being that bad play the ball, but there's honestly a kernel of truth to that, I think. Yeah. Was it how many games he played or how many games he got at fullback? Got hit. Mm. I reckon I mean? if he played every game this year, he's in that spot, no matter at fullback. Um, I do think Caelan maybe didn't understand the moving from fullback at club level was going to impact his rep jersey. But he's also, it's happened to come at a time where Reese Walsh has gone back to Brisbane and had the form he's had. And, you know, I, I'd come to terms with, I thought two years ago, Reese wouldn't play. And that's, he's 20 years old. He has his whole career to play Origin. And it does feel a bit unlucky on Kalen to lose that. And it's the same vein we said earlier that if Reese has a really good game in this one, that's Kalen might be out of the picture for a little while. But the one positive, him playing six, I think he probably should have stuck at six for his Origin future because there actually is positions in those halves coming as well. You know, and whilst at fullback for Queensland, right? If Walsh misses, they're still hammer as well if they need to need someone to go back there. So, you know, I thought maybe if Callan's stuck in the halves, he could have jimmied his way in there in a couple of years or yeah, onto the bench point. or similar. Uh, but that hooker rotation worked so well. That's what they they stuck with that. They stuck with that the 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 seven and six, which is obvious, and they stuck with Hunt. But I think some of the other picks they they kind of stuck with that necessity, like. I reckon they would have picked new wingers if there was any. Well, Corey, Corey, I, I imagine Corey Oates would have had one of those spots if he was fit. He, I don't think he would have even yeah. had needed to have been playing well. I think if he was just fit, he gets it because that is that is one of my concerns with Queensland is the yardage that they're going to be able to get from their back five. Um, mm-hmm. Reese Walsh, like we all know how good he is, how creative he is, but yardage isn't really his go. Selwyn Cobbo has been a bit better at it this year, but it's still not something he's known for. Nor is Murray Talangi, Val Holmes a little bit, Hamiso Tabuofito not so much either. So what I would worry about if I was a Queensland fan is if the Blues are able to turn this into a sort of a real uh, field position battle, like Origin Games can can do sometimes. And if they're able to get some rhythm going with Nathan Cleary's kicking game and pinning Queensland down their own end a lot, I don't know if Queensland are going to have the thrust from that back five to sort of really flip the field position. But like you say, Mitch, they were kind of out of options. And of the guys they have picked, I wouldn't say any of them are in really sparkling form either, apart from the Hammer, who's been great all year. Even Walsh, as good as he has been. I think he's probably had a a tough couple of weeks. Been a bit loose under the high ball. I think Cobbo's been a little bit the same. So I I definitely think that back five is something that the Blues will look to target a little bit. And and, uh, and like you say, they, they they were a bit skinny on options there, the Maroons. They were like Solon did do a bit of yardage work in Origin last year, and he has got better at Brisbane. But as you said, he if he's the standout option, that's not that crash shot. I think they're going to hope Val Holmes has like a twenty carry game, 
mm-hmm. what they'll be hoping because we all know Origin is made on those, those yard the yardage back runs, and that's what Queensland have been quite good at for a number of years. Like they're getting that a gag eye, which you weren't getting at club level. So they're obviously crossing their fingers and hoping those guys have have some Origin gut busters, which you know some of them could be capable of. But I'm with you on that. There's been this lot of chat about how poor the Blues team is, and there's not been not much chat about the Queensland side. Uh, the forward pack, I'm, I'm pretty happy with. Mm. The back line, I have some question marks, but as I said, I don't know the other way they go. And pick and stick's been thrown around a lot. Like anyone involved with Queensland has said that in like the last seven years. It's not been said by someone involved with Queensland since Mal, but people still act like well, somehow we, that Queensland live and die by that. Like go look at the last five teams. Yeah. They don't, they're not the same. Like they're yeah, different well, every I was, year. I was, looking at it other, <laughs> I was looking at it last night. There's like only... Of the guys who are starting in game one, only Carrigan and only Carrigan and Collins are guys who started games for Queensland last year and are starting again now. And obviously there's a couple of guys on the bench who were starters, but yeah, yeah, it's completely different. And I was going to ask you about that. So do you think we're going to get the team, the forward pack, especially on paper that we've got now? Or do you think there'll be some late tinkering? I think the Blues is going to change. I reckon the Blues don't have have it in and start Pango. I reckon they're going to start Paulo. Uh, or Barlow. Uh, Queensland, I think, will stay the same. I don't know what you'd change. I'd probably start Tino over Flegler. Yeah, well, that was what I was thinking, yeah. But I don't know why you'd name him that way if you didn't want to do it this way. I actually think Tino's had a not his best season, and the position he's picked in has, has shown that. I think Fodder Wake is outplayed him a bit at the at the Titans, but they're not going to make that yeah. call. Uh, but, yeah, I do think the pack's pretty good. Lindsay Collins is one of those guys that he's – being picked on how he played last year. Mm. And, and he's a lot lifted of, for Origin in the past when he's he, been he has. Has. Yeah. And a lot of people just, mention like pick and sick for Gagai. It's like it's not like Gagai killed it in Origin last two seasons. No, two he's been not, he hasn't been that meme has been steadily dying over the last few years. It has and been. I but think, I like the t- Tom Gilbert pick for once Finn Diesel got himself suspended. Uh Kurt Capel, the form he's been in, and Nanai suspended. It seems every second week he gets himself suspended as well. They didn't have any other options. So I like that Tom Gilbert selection there. And uh it it's Jai Arrow now will end up being that guy covering the edges off the bench. And who knows yeah. if Gilbert gets to 80, but they'll ask Jai to cover that. And that's probably where you that 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 weakness is, but it's still a pretty strong pack. And uh, yeah, to, to me, the that. Queensland pack just looks just looks a bit more rugged and a bit more aggressive than the New South Wales pack Pangai aside. I think that especially the guys they've got coming off the bench. I just think that they've got, they offer a sort of a point of difference. Like I love Cameron Murray, but he's not exactly an, like he's not really an, it's, it's never been an impact player in his life. And nor, nor do yes, I look at has. Liam Martin and think the same. Nor do I look at Liam Martin. Murray's, Murray, Murray began his career as an impact player. You'll remember when he would come off the bench for Souths. Yes. In the middle of the field and use that leg speed. Yeah, and he that, was, and he was fine, but he's made a career of being a 75 to 80 minute player every week. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying I think he's well-suited for this role that they've got him in. He's probably not rugged like some of the Queenslanders, but I think that skill set he well, has I, is really well-suited to He's so good that he can do anything, dude. Like, he's so good yeah. that he could play any single – you could ask him to play any single role as a forward in a rugby league team, and he can do it because he's Cameron Murray. But it's not his strength. It's not what he's best suited to. He's just getting no. used that way because they happen to also have Isaiah Yo. That was my point. And Liam Martin, I don't think, is again, is not really a guy that I think would be filling Queensland – hearts and minds with fear as he as he comes on at the 30 minute mark or something so whereas you look across and you know cotton makes shit happen tino and jayara they're both bullies on their day so for me i think that the the maroons have got the edge there in terms of the bench but i am what i think the blues did get right 
is they've they've very much tried to mimic the Pen- Penrith way the last couple of years, but they've put the wrong ingredients in the recipe. And one of those wrong ingredients, whilst he is one of the best forwards in the competition, is Cameron Murray on the left edge. And they what they got, I hear it. They call him Maitland Kikau up there, but they they threw Hudson Hudson Young on that left edge. And whilst he's not as robust, big, or as explosive as Kikau is, he has the skill set Kikau does. He runs hard lines, handy with the ball in hand, can kind of pass, can kind of kick. Will probably kind of jive with John Rome Luai doing crazy stuff. Like they kind of did, they got that right, and I think they got right that they have to accept that when you have all these good big minute middles. Picking someone like Pango actually makes sense. Yeah. And people keep going going on about how he's been playing this year. He hasn't played great. And it's really easy to sit there and pick an origin team based on form or performance or merit. But real men know that origin is the arena of men. And you're picked on a player who can perform in moments, a man who has the courage when they're afraid to stand up for his brothers and Tavita Pangai Jr. is that man. If you want he's 15 not minutes of, of, yeah. of insanity and anger, he's that man. And that's the faith Freddie's put in him is that, fuck how you've been playing. Fuck all that noise. I know what you can do. And I'm going to trust you to do that for 20 or 30 minutes in this game. And I think that's actually a really good selection. Like, yeah, it, probably uh, go back to the Bulldogs and be average. And the Bulldogs tend to be uh, <laughs> furious by how he plays. You know but what? I, I, was flabbergasted, I was flabbergasted by it when it happened, but I was writing about it last night and yeah, you look at the team and you're right, dude. Cause that was the thing. It was like, you look at every other middle in that team and, and they're all high minute guys like Payne Haas, Junior Paulo, Isaiah, Cam Murray, all those guys, those props by 60 minutes. Those, those other two guys can play 80 if they need to. So the, when I was like halfway through writing this and I went, fuck the Pango thing does kind of make sense. And then when Campo talked last week about that stint he had in that 2021 prelim, we only, I looked back, he only played 16 minutes and it's like, well, yeah, because everyone remembers the stink. And everyone remembers it. They don't so, win that game without him, you know? Yeah. What you're talking about, Mitch, reminds me of, it was in that 2020 series, right? And worst Queensland team ever and all that. And one of the like one of the more inexplicable selections for me at the time was Cohen Hess getting a run for Queensland because he'd had a really bad season for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And Wayne Bennett got asked about it and he said, look, it's easier to show faith in people when they're doing well, but sometimes what somebody needs is to show faith in them when they're doing poorly. And that can really lift them because you're... You're giving them confidence by showing confidence in them. Now, that didn't work for Cohen Hess. He played like shit and will never play Origin again. But that same sort of philosophy seems like it's it's at play here for me with what Freddie's doing with Pangai Jr. And I actually think selecting him could go away to correcting one of Freddie's biggest weaknesses as an Origin coach, which mm-hmm. is the way he's managed his bench over the years. You know, like how many times have have, have we done the the post the post Origin debrief and oh, Payne Haas only got 40 minutes and this guy mm. off the bench got 50 minutes in the middle and what was going on, what was doing. By having Pangai, who is so clearly there as like a sugar hit, like a, a 15, 20-minute mm-hmm. guy at most, Freddie kind of removes that obstacle for himself because he has no choice but to play his big-minute guys for big minutes. You know, So I don't know if that's an intentional part of what's of what's going on, but I do think through either happenstance or smart management, Freddie has removed one of the one of the great obstacles of his origin coaching tenure, which has been the way that he's worked his forwards on the bench. All he's got to do is keep two out of Haas, Paulo, Murray, and Yo in the middle of the field for a really long time. And mm-hmm. as long as two of those guys are always on, I think the Blues will will be able to, if not hold their own, then get over the top. You know, so mm. it's I don't know if it was a case of um, he had too many choices and he couldn't decide, but by narrowing his choices, by narrowing his focus. 
I think it's a really big plus for the Blues. Yeah, I think so too. And and what's the ultimate downside of the Pangai selection in this game? It's that he has 15 anonymous minutes. That's the ultimate yeah. downside. That those yeah. minutes can be picked up by anyone else on that bench. Like by Nico, maybe, but all the other guys can play in the middle. And Martin has him playing middle for Penrith and doing quite well the last few weeks there. Like that's the ultimate downside. And he's only there because of lack of options as well. It wasn't like he's been picked ahead of someone else storming home and he's taken someone yeah. else's jersey because he hasn't. Like well, people are mentioning right? Clemmer. What do you want Clemmer for? Yeah. Well, Clemmer's not crazy 15 minutes. Maybe, maybe yeah, 2015 Clemmer. But like, yeah, yes. you're right, dude. Because this 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 role is tailor-made for Spencer Lenu. And I know that there are other guys yeah. that might have deserved it more in their form. But when you think about who's a guy who's eligible for the Blues that can play the Spencer Lenu role, he's, he's kind of near the top on his day. And yeah. yeah, you're right. Like people are acting like he is a crazy man. Don't get me wrong. But people are acting like, oh, it's, it could be a disaster. And he could do the people's elbow on someone and get sent <laughs> off. It's like, that's not like, he's not going to do that realistically. He might Why isn't he going to do him. that? What do well, I want he, him to do that? All right. Have a word to him tomorrow. So just <laughs> just see, see if he'll do it. But like, it's like, he, he's like the word you're right. The worst case is he gives away like one or two penalties and drops the ball. It's not that he gets sent off on the blues play 65 minutes. And, with, and if he gets sinbin or something, right. The most likely way he gets sinbin in origin is a stink. And what happens is someone else gets binned anyway. It's true. Yeah. Like, there's, there's no hip drops in origin, mate. It's all shoulder charges. It's true. <laughs> it's all I can't wait. The I really think they're making gonna... it to Adelaide. <laughs> there's no chance. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be the a... South Australians don't believe in him. That's they it. But so, like, like, I think that's... I know, obviously, I'm a long-term Pangai fan, but even mm. if you turn that off, as you just said, Bungard, think about it for a day or two. You know, you have the benefit of... Um, you're accepting that he's there now. You're like, oh, that role was going to be Spencer Lino, do your thing. They lost that guy. They're not going to go back with the RCG, but he's injured anyway. Ryan Madison has a shot. He was not in form. Clemmer's another big yeah. minute dude they're not looking for. Like, yeah, to. the Safidis and, and Totola are not the same level of physical brute and also, that Pango is. Totola hasn't played a lot of football this year either. So it's, it's not true. Like, yeah. He's obviously been a better football than Pango over the last couple of years, but and Pango's not better for this, either, He's probably but, not better for this role, I, yeah, I will admit. That's it. So, and yeah. it does solve that problem for them. And what, you know, you don't always want everyone playing massive minutes in origin because it does drive those players like to a point of exhaustion, but you're going to have some faith in dudes like Murray, Yo, Haas to get through those minutes. You just are because, and you know, Payne Haas probably owes the blues a big game because he's had a lot of opportunity and he hasn't had a game at origin level to the standard of his, some of his club games. And he'll be asked to do that now. And he'll be told that Payne guy, well, one of his best mates is there with him. You know, you're playing with him. You're going to make each other proud and make the state proud, you know, but we want pain. Like you're in here. This is, this is your year now, mate. Like this, you're the, you're the prop. You're playing 60 minutes. You need to carry everyone else on your back and we'll, they'll go with you. So well, I think it's a good selection from that part. And I actually do think, as you guys said, like the blues team on paper is way better than it's getting credit for way better. Than it's getting credit for. And like the Damien Cook, Api Coruscant thing, someone was always going to be upset. They've made a call and they made the right call because carrying both of them was silly. I'm not saying they made the right call by picking Appy. They made the right call by picking one of them. They had to Freddie, do it. Freddie, it. Freddie pretty much said in one of his presses, he said, when we picked them both, I felt like I couldn't get the best out of either of them. You mm-hmm. know? And I think that's it, Mitch. There was no wrong answer on that one because they're both great players, albeit in different styles. But by just picking one, you get to focus on one. And it was probably that Penrith combination that got mm-hmm. Coruscant and over the line. The last couple of the games. And also, it's kind of like, well, we've done the Damien Cook thing. Let's see the Coruscant thing. 
and mm. it might be back to Damien Cook again. And it's unfortunate because he's actually playing his best club footy in like four years. Since he's been great this year. in my opinion. He's, it's been his best yeah. year since then. So he's been great. But that just it, okay. it is what it is. And the it's... other weird part of it too is like Freddie did a lot of the things people told him to do, and they still got mad at him. <laughs> like yeah. people were talking about Tommy for Origin, talking about how to get Addo Car back in, all that kind of stuff. And then they don't pick Campbell Gray, and people are like losing their minds. Like, well, he did all the things you said. Where was Campbell going to go? Like he can't he can't disappear. Oh, you beat me to it. <laughs> but it's like, like mostly it this team was like what people asked him to do, bar Pangai, and then yeah, they've lost Campbell their minds. Graham. Like, I don't think Campbell Graham was going to play fifteen minutes of prop. So yeah, like they weren't going to drop Luai. People should have known that from preseason. He wasn't getting dropped, and then he played a couple of good games. Nico got he into the team though. Yeah, that's it. He, Nico got into the team. Dude, I love Cody Walker. At no point did I think Cody Walker was going to get picked for this team. Like yeah, exactly. at no point. Like it's fine, and, and it that's what, what it almost everything he did. What people want him to do, and people still can't be happy. So it's it is funny. Like they dude. focus like, on Pangai. I've been like gronking it up for like six weeks, like and especially pre Keon injury that Seattle could have like yeah. six Blues players, and they've ended up with one. <laughs> yeah, what's well, that's, that's a this, like you know all the Kawasu probably feels. Yeah, he he's, feel I would have had him well, again. His uh, form uh, went off the boil as that's well. That's true. Mm. He hasn't been that good the last few weeks, and Manly have just gone off a cliff, and that's exactly so. And uh, we know, we already know, whatever you think of Freddie or not, we know that he is generally going to pick players that are in form right now from informed teams. If you're not one of the guys, that's where you're coming from. And then from. also Tyson Frizzell, <laughs> yes, who he loves, <laughs> well, which is fine. Frizzell Frizzell's like... always he's 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 one of those guys they go, oh, he'll never let you down, and he usually doesn't. So, well, the whatever. funny thing is that no one has spoken about him getting picked again because of it's Pango. true, right? To me, that's like this one of the strange. That's <laughs> Do you the, think it was just more... all, it was all just a smoke screen? Freddie was like, "We got to get Frizz yeah. back in, but I can't take the yeah. heat." So, yeah, Pango, the pain sponge. You're getting in and taking yeah. taking Tavita, the Vita Fall Guy Junior. <laughs> so anyway, I do think that's going to make. I think it makes a really compelling game because we're going into a series again with some fresh blood. We didn't expect. We didn't expect to come to this game with like a Tom Flegler starting, Pangai starting. You know, with the backline queens that have now. So we we have a lot of unknown. A lot of people talking about like this game is known. Like for some reason, Queensland are just going to win, even though the Blues are favourites. Everyone still says Queensland are just going to win. It's like well, it's in Adelaide on an mm. oval field, which matters. It matters because it puts a lot of players off. You have to adapt to those conditions, and the team who adapts best to that will do their best. But this well, is and these are new teams for half of half the side, really. Like it is a massive change that he bench Cam Murray. It is. It is a massive change that he's giving Hudson Young a shot. Yeah, yeah like, it's interesting. Going with, with, with the oval, going with Nico Hines. It's all. It's very different football for the Blues. Glad you bring up playing on ovals and playing on neutral venues because in honor of the king of the nerds coming on, I've crunched the numbers, right? So over the last mm-hmm. 10 years, the Origins have been played at neutral venues five times. Mm-hmm. The Blues have won four and all all on ovals too. Yeah. And the Blues have won four of those games and the average win margin is 20 points. And that's mm-hmm. like, that's the last 10 years. That's not a small sample size. That's a lot of different iterations of a lot of different teams and all of that. And while it's it you know we can sometimes look to draw too much from statistical trends or anything like that i do think one of queensland's superpowers is that queensland spirit that everyone always talks mm-hmm. about like it is a real thing and origin is different for queensland if you don't accept mm-hmm. that you're never going to be able to get a handle on it if you can't get a handle on it you can't beat them but i think that queensland obviously draws so much strength from playing at suncorp that's something that is just that is just a known commodity but i also think that they can draw a bit of strength from playing in Sydney because it plays into their 
it's us against the world and the world never had a chance type thing. They're much better at sort of weaponizing that in their own setup than the blues are. But when it's on a neutral field and it's a lot of people that probably don't have as much stake in the game and it's an oval field. So the crowd's further away and they don't play as big a role in it. I think it can sometimes just come down to who's got the better team one to 17 and who's got the better combinations and all that. And I think on the whole, the blues, the blues have got that, you know, I, I think that Penrith connection will really come in when, when emotion is sort of taken out of it and the game sort of flattens out a little bit and everyone kind of regresses to the mean a little bit, you know? So I actually, I, th- I actually think a neutral field favors the blues. Like I, w- I would give Queensland a better chance at winning this if it was in Sydney than I do in Adelaide, if you get me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I a hundred percent agree with you with that because it does take a lot of the emotion out when you mm. play. It's, it becomes less like an origin game, more like an exhibition game when you go to a neutral venue. Because Origin has obviously been built on playing at Suncorp or playing in enemy territory for Queenslanders. Adelaide's yeah. nobody's it's, territory. And so much yeah. of what Queensland do is about guys rising above the level of their own mm-hmm. performance, becoming a player that they never thought they could be. And that's just much easier if the entire mm-hmm. stadium's with you or if the entire stadium's against you than if the entire stadium is like, oh, so this is rugby union? This is great, you know? Yeah. Like, it's it. just kind of... It, it, it makes everyone, I think, regress to their their their, their no, more closer to their normal talent levels than being able to rise to some great level like we see in some Origin matches. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, and that's why, like, I do think that's an advantage for the Blues. And hmm. something else that people talk about, I still laugh at people. But I'm not trying to judge anyone, but people judge argue about way. things like Jin going into Origin and similar. And it's like, guys, like, can you next time you watch Origin, just let's just watch it and then like actually watch how the ball moves around the field. And then go back to your club game and watch how it's played. I don't give a shit how many tries this your fullback has. I don't give a shit how many tries this your five eight has. I don't care. Can you play hard? Can you play straight? Will you stay in contact? Will you take hard carries? I know it's an Origin football thing, but like that's a major part of getting on the field in Origin. Other stuff comes later, you know. And that's why guys like people that understand like guys like Ken Munster are just so good in Origin because he's not really a traditional five eight. But in Origin, he kind of just runs around and does stuff sometimes. Just takes heart, takes heat ups sometimes. And that's why he's good there. Sit there watching people argue about like Nico and Luai and Moses. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, you know, one day those guys will get a shot. And if you go in that arena and stick, it'll be great. But if I'm a selector for Mr. Wales, I do not want to pick Nico Hines and Nathan Cleary together. I don't need two dudes who need 65 touches of the ball in the game, on the field. Mm-hmm. Well, I did laugh. I need, there was yeah. I, there was a brief period where some people were like, oh, why don't they try Mitch Moses next to Nathan Cleary? And I could not think of a worse idea <laughs> at origin level. There's a reason third-party candidates never win elections. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. That's it. Throw your but, vote away. And that's like some of the pressure on Tedesco. And I do understand his likely replacement would be Dylan Edwards, who the form he's in now would probably lap up origin football with, with the motor he has. But Teddy, again, will have one of those great origin games where he makes like 250 metres, all these carries out of his back, out the back end, break 12 tackles or whatever, and then people will go after the game. Oh, he, he didn't have a try assist. Yeah, he he try assist. no try assist. No, see, Mitch, Mitch, I actually think, <laughs> I actually think that's why Teddy is my pick for man of the match. I think he's a special yeah. for it because I think what he's going because what dictates man of the match more than more than performance, it can be a it can be a narrative award, right? Like the Clive yeah. Churchill Medal. So say Teddy just puts in what for him is a is a standard origin performance, which is like 200 yeah. meters, seven or eight tackle busts, maybe a try, maybe a try assist, and let's let's throw out a line break in there as well, right? 
that's kind of Ted- Tedesco's baseline in Origin, which is absolutely insane. But if he just does that, if he just plays his normal Origin game and everyone's like, well, for some reason, we all thought Teddy was washed up, but look at him go. Look at him now. He's still <laughs> got it. Man of the match. You know what I mean? I could yeah. very, very easily see that happening. He's- and I think Tedesco is primed for a really, a really big one. I think he's been better the last couple of weeks with the Roosters than people have thought. He was exceptional against the Dragons in a beaten side, I thought. And I think he is struggling. Well, he's not struggling at the minute, but his team is struggling. He hasn't played on a bad team since he was at the Tigers, you know, and that is an adjustment, but now he's going into a, he's going into a good team, a team that will be able to set up stuff for him, a team that is going to get in the front foot. And I think if they play that Penrith style and it's yardage battle and the back five's huge and Teddy runs for 250 meters and just does all the things that he's done so many times at origin level. Now, I think he's, I think he's a moral for man of the match. That's it's the, it's the best I've felt about a man of the match pick for, for quite a long time. And I always feel good about him. He's got, um, he's got like three solid years of playing on a cricket oval with no atmosphere as well. So <laughs> yeah, good. like he'll be primed yeah. for that. So for you, the little tries thing you mentioned, Bungard, Billy Slater, 31 queer origins, six crisis. Oh, that's close. James Tedesco, yeah. 19 origins, 13 crisis. That's a lot of that's a lot. It's Why actually people... a lot for a fullback yeah. in origin. Yeah. It's so weird. I've never yeah. understood like I think I honestly think Campo's right. Like it we do take his baseline for granted. Like yeah. he'll he'll he could you're right he could come out of one of these games where he has like four or five of those kick returns where it looks like he's been shot out of a cannon and end up with 250 meters and like there'll still be people after the game who just complain who say he didn't do anything and it's like what especially if it's low scoring as well as though that's only his fault it's only the fullback's fault if it's 14 12 but Origin games are often low scoring so I don't know what people expect I don't, like it doesn't matter like we, we a lot of people fall into this trap every year like they see these back lines on paper and they think it's going to be like 30 to 28 and that's just not how origin works it never has it's not going to be and so when yeah when James Tedesco finishes only involved in one of the two tries that his team scores and they win 14 12 that's somehow seen as a failure i don't get it yeah i think it was it last year game 2 last year when he had like heat, he had amazing kick returns right and then they'd score like three tackles later. And oh, where's Tedesco? Oh, he just carried the ball 40 meters. It's like broke like three four, tackles. They put 44 points on him. And everyone's yeah. like, where's Teddy? It's like he's catching his breath because he's had four carries in the set to get him there, bro. Yeah. Damn. Like, and he is so good at origin at those double efforts. And those are the things that matter. Like, he'll do a giant kick return and take a hit up on tackle two. Yeah. Whilst that forward time... still getting back on side. He's still been good at that arena. He has earned the, he's the bloody captain. Yeah, so he's earned his spot in that team more than once over. It's been a long time since he's been able to fly under the radar, and it's a long time since he's had um, something to prove. Doesn't have anything mm-hmm. to prove to the three of us, but there is talk out there that you know he's on the back, he's on the back nine or whatever. So, I think with that extra motivation, I think he's primed for an absolute monster. Yeah, yeah I and- just while you were talking, I pulled up a tweet that I tweeted at halftime of that game. I think James Tedesco is almost at LeBron levels where him being brilliant is taken absolutely for granted. He's been New Wales best player, barely a word said about him. And some guy in the replies said, not effective though. May as well play Cam Murray at fullback. 19 runs with no definitive plays. What does that even mean? What's a definitive play? <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah. if I wanted to hear gibberish on this show, I'd go back and listen to when Mitch was hosting. All right. Oh, don't, bring that yeah. up. don't bring that into the new era. <laughs> Oh, look at me. I can read things. Okay, show off. <laughs> That's true. That... 
I got something you can read. Here it. Here we go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's it. Like it, it's one of those funny things that you forget sometimes. Some fans only really watch those focused in things, a couple of key stats to decide if someone was good or not. Whereas Tedesco has some of the key stats anyway, but he's mm. been a, exceptional for the Blues, and I think he's been their best player for like five years. And people want to question his spot in the team, and it's unfortunate for a guy like Dylan Edwards to be in the form he's in mm. and to not have an Origin jersey. Because many times over, there's been times when you have to just play half okay and you can walk into origin. I mean, you look at even a couple of years ago, you look at the Queensland team who played then to who's playing now. It's it's giant. But also, like, Ben Barber was once the best player in the world, didn't play origin. It just happens. True. It just yeah, happens sometimes. We'll just, you don't get That's a break. Ask, greatest, Campbell, ask Campbell Graham, man. Ask, the, like, greatest try, the greatest try Sometimes it's about timing. It's never played origin. It is. Well, uh, one thing on Edwards, like, just real quick. Do you think if hypothetically James Sesco couldn't play a game two, they bring Edwards straight in when they've got yep. arguably the two other best fullbacks in the no, world? They ha- I mm-hmm. think they do. Because I, think they I don't think too. I don't think Mitchell's game is at all suited to Origin playing fullback. Whilst I do think at Clubland he's a fullback for sure. In Origin, I don't think he is. But Tommy, I think would be the interesting one there. Would they go with him? I think just because of the form Edwards is in, and he has been playing great footy for. Oh yeah, he's great. Like, and outstanding, fo- like good footy for oh, like two or three yeah. years now, and outstanding footy for eighteen months. And if you can just bring Edwards in and it's just a one-for-one swap and you're not having to move around a bunch That's of different true. things, That's a good point. have a new combination on that edge or whatever, I think they would do it. I think they'd just bring Edwards straight in. But that yeah. crazy, that, like, it's possible that Tom Draboyevich goes a good part of his career or maybe his whole career without playing fullback for New South Wales, which is yeah. crazy that that's possible. Yeah. And, and I do find that funny too. And people get mad when they default to Penrith. It's like, I don't remember anyone complaining when the when – Storm really good. How Queensland has picked any Storm player eligible, or if someone was out, like Cairns literally got like Tim Glasby picked. It's like, yeah, yeah, get, yeah let's get Glasby in there, whatever, <laughs> whatever. We roll with the punches. Like the team, Penrith has been the best team for the last two and a half years, three years. Dominate the comp. Their players are good. Well, I think you're weird, underplaying weird the pool. you're underplaying the pool that the the Glasby heads out there. Yeah, that's it. Have, <laughs> you know when it, when it really counts, the Glasby guys. They're Obviously, silent, they're, they're, if they had a couple more numerous. series wins. That's the yeah. only thing to think. Queensland have won what three of the last four series. Mm. Is it that? Yeah. No, is that is right? Two, no, two of the last three. No, they've traded. They've they've traded back and forth, right? Yeah, yeah. They've traded yeah. series every year since nineteen. The last team to yeah. go two in a row was the Blues yeah, in eighteen. So three of the last two of the last three. Sorry, is it? Isn't it? Yeah. But like, sounds like you just don't get origin. The Queensland, the Blues team should have been a bit of a dynasty, but they're they're not. I agree with that. They have underachieved for the, I think, disparity in talent on both teams. But hey, that's uh, that's the Queensland spirit and the fighting way yeah. and all that bullshit. So, but that's it. Well, the teams are actually a bit more even now, which is you know that's it true helps actually. That. I do so think it should be a good. Contest. I do think with just the way Origin, just the way that the dynamic goes in Origin, I do think Queensland might have a slight edge in the forwards. But it's 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 a wash, and then I think in the backs, again, like, yeah, Latrell out is massive. I think Stephen Crichton won't let himself down, but I think again, I think it's just yeah, you're right. I think it's just dead even on both sides, and I think that I'm going to pick the Blues to win by four points. I'm leaning the Blues as well for some of the reasons I touched on earlier. I think the neutral field favors them. I think they are going to play that Penrith style where it's heavily based on yardage, really tight footy pin Queensland down in their own end, look to pressure the back three as much as they can, like test Cobo, test Walsh, knock some mistakes out of them. I think an underrated thing though with that is um, 
Queensland showed a great ability to get at Nathan Cleary and, and knock him off his, his kicking game last year. I think that's something that they're well-placed to do again because, as Bungard mentioned, they do have probably a lighter, faster forward pack. I think mm. pressure footy on the halves is something they'll really, really be going for. And Queensland, I think, might have the edge when it comes to individual brilliance and having those brilliant individuals linked together as, as silly as that sounds like they're really good at like getting Munster together with Cherry Evans or with Hunt or with Grant and just sort of linking up all those, those outstanding players on their roster. But I think, I think if the blues play that sort of tight Penrith fundamental footy play to your strengths, play to your size, play to your, your power runners, don't let the Maroons get into sort of a breakneck fast, fast, fast type speed, which is, I think, which I think is going to be their game. I kind of like the blues in this one. And I was actually going to say four points as well, but Bungard just said it. So I'm going to say the blues win 19, 12. They're up by six and kick a field goal. I think Tedesco is a great pick for man of the match. I think Payne Haas is a great pick for man of the match for the reasons Mitch outlined earlier. I think this is, this is the series where the forward pack is going to be on his shoulders and he's going to be sort of really leading the way. If he plays 60 minutes, then I think he's as good a chance of man of the match as, as Tedesco. Um, for Queensland, I think Dave Fafita is worth a look for man of the match because I think, again, he's a bit like Haas where this is a series where he can, after being in the team for a while, this is a series where things could really break open for him. If you like a better, like him anytime try scorer. First try scorer, I was going to say Toto because the Blues were going to go so heavy on that left side with Latrell Mitchell. But now that he's out, I don't know, take a punt, whoever you want. I'll probably go Fox or something like that. But uh, yeah, Blues 19-12 is my pick with Tedesco man of the match. Mitchell? Well, you know, sounds like the Blues are heavily favoured. <laughs> He's literally searching around his room for narratives right now. He's no, looking left and right. No, it's just quite funny because we've, we've spat here, we spoke for, I don't know, a whole hour or so and haven't even mentioned the best player in the game. So that's how you know under the radar the Queensland are. I said Latrell Mitchell wasn't we're playing talking, with five We're times. talking about the, Corey the forward didn't get packs. Picked, yeah. We're talking about the back five. We're talking about this and that. We're talking about Harry fucking Grant. Uh, Queensland 13 plus Harry Grant man of the match. Out of boy. Out of boy. Yep. Fuck your rectangles and your and your ovals. Okay. <laughs> Anything that's fat, not the fat cat standard big shape. Anything that's not a square shape, or a circle yeah. confuses him. He doesn't like yeah. it. Exactly right. This isn't play school. <laughs> there, was, there was no oval can... windows, sir. Could they play on an arch? Could they play on an arch? We're going to be putting square pegs in round holes at Origin for years and winning. <laughs> We're going to put a square true. field in an oval and get it done. <laughs> Absolutely. Backs against um, the wall again. Don't know, how, don't, know how we, don't know how we win or lose. Oh, it's going to be better than 94. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank, you for, thank you for coming on. Uh, that was good. Uh, say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Do you really, you really uh, change the sign off? Uh... Yeah, it's, it's, it's taking it to strange new places. Uh, we do oh, have thanks to for coming, re- buddy. Love you. We do have to recap the rest of the round. Do you, you don't want to stick around yeah. for Cowboys no, Parramatta? No. no. no? Okay, <laughs> great. Can I, I can listen to the South Raiders one though. I'll sit no, here weirdly no, in the yeah, I'm booting you from the chat. How <laughs> do I remove person? All right. Goodbye. There was. Well, that was fun. It was. Yeah, that was a long one. We're going to speed run last weekend's games. I think that, 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 look, let's be real. No one gives a shit about the NRL for the next eight weeks. So we'll just uh, skip, I think, one game at random. I'm going to say South Canberra. We don't need to talk about that one. Um, <laughs> this doesn't feel random. Yeah, this doesn't well, feel random at all. Doesn't. All right. Uh, 
we've only got four games to talk about. So yeah, Parramatta 24, Cowboys 16. What do you want from me here? This game was a week ago. <laughs> no, I, mean, I think it was kind of, it was kind of almost standard operating procedure for Parramatta at this point. They played to the level of their opposition yeah. again. And this is a team that they should have probably put away quite easily, but the Cowboys just sort of hung around, hung around, showed a lot more spirit after the, after the Leichhardt sort of thrashing, which I think is a big positive for them. My, my dear, my dear friend, my beloved Kiwi cousin, Wiramu Grieg was really strong in the front row. You won all in front row Friday. Won all in front row Friday. I needed that. Thanks, Wiramu. Um, I thought his second stint was really good. I think backing up a strong first stint is probably the next step for his development as a footballer. Um, Moses and Brown, in an inconsistent team, I think they've both had quite good seasons and they're really finding the right attacking touches in the 20. I was, I was, I was quite impressed with some of the stuff they were putting together after half time. Um, and then for the Cowboys, where would they be without Scott Drinkwater? It's ridiculous, right? Like it's like, I know people used to shit on his defense a lot more than they do now. Like it is still not great, but like, it is funny that like the, the net positive that he brings to that team, he could be the worst defender. He could just go out there with a Matador's cape and wave them through. And I'd still pick him every week. I, I, he is one of my absolute favorites. This is like, the last two games, he has either scored or assisted every single Cowboys try. That's insane. Like in a team yeah. that is that is clearly going through some stuff at the moment, he is the circuit breaker. And the two tries that he did, we he, he scored their first try, and the two tries he set up, that sort of left to right cutout pass. I know Sevo probably blew the read or whatever, but that left to right cutout pass is something that even in the NRL, there's only a few players who can really throw that pass with confidence and and will throw it with confidence and. And he's one of them. And then the other one with the wraparound. You don't see enough wraparounds anymore. Wraparounds rule. More wraparounds often. rule. But yeah, Scott Drinkwater is just instant points. Like microwave, microwave points. Dude, it's funny to think. He's it's awesome. like, honestly, a fortnight ago, we were sitting here saying, oh, the Cowboys are figuring it out. And I'm really worried about the Eels. And I think the, the Cowboys had come off that big win over the Roosters. And then they'd beaten someone else as well. After they beat that. the Dragons. They were dragons. That's it. They put 40 on them. And then, whereas Parramatta had just come off two straight losses, including that, that bad one to the Titans. And since then it's, it's all, it's all flipped around again. And Parramatta are now only outside the eight. There are the same number of wins as the eight place warriors. They're only outside the eight uh, by virtue of buy points. And with their amazing for and against, like they could just be back in the top eight next week. And well, we were, we were kind of doing yeah. the last rights on Paris season, but I, yeah. I, maybe, maybe that South Sydney win can be a real turning yeah. point for them. Absolutely. You know, and, they have a lot of really good cattle to come back. Like Paulo will come back from origin. Eventually they get Campbell Gillard, Gillard will come back from injury. Um, Ryan Madison will get back from that calf problem and they'll get all their pieces back. And then all of a sudden they'll be a lot more formidable than maybe we, uh, we gave them credit for, you know? Yeah. And yep. Yeah, uh, I continue to be very concerned about the Cowboys going forward. I know that, I know that they had guys out, but still like it's been a rough couple of weeks. I, it has. Uh, it's but... just, look, the big question mark is obviously, you know, they're getting one of the game's top handful of forwards back probably this week. Well, so... yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to sort of kill off the Cowboys or whatever, because I did see a bit of spirit and a bit of They played better. From they kept this, this a lot closer than I thought they would. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And I, I honestly, I think that's the best they could hope for in a result like this. I don't think it's a coincidence either that they sort of kept pace for that first 40 and then dropped off for 20 odd minutes because a lot of the time when you have a real origin affected team and you have a lot of blokes that aren't used to playing big minutes, often they start strong and then fade just because they're not used to putting in the big stints. So yeah. this was kind of, like the Cowboys. It was kind of a textbook, textbook origin depleted performance. Interesting me, three weeks for them. 
They well, who are they the, got coming up? Well, they get the Storm. Who knows if like Munster will back up or whoever else, and who knows if the Cowboys players will back up. But yep. Tamalolo are probably going to play, you'd imagine. Then yep. they get a bye. They get everyone back, well-rested. And then they've got another origin-affected game, but it's against Penrith. So, Ooh, interesting. And it's up there. It's up there in the friendly confines. So, you know, well, maybe wind, that's the, a... the Windsor Wolves don't travel well. That's true. If Storm, if the Storm rest, if the Storm give Munster the week off this week, I think that could swing that game for them. And then, you know, they, there's a big chance for them to get their season right over the next three weeks. But we'll see what they're happens. One, they're one of those teams that's sort of benefiting from the competition being so congested. Yeah, I think that's yeah, really exactly. kind of kept them alive. All right. Um, uh, the 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 Broncos had no issues winning without their Origin players heading over to Napier. And um, Tristan Saylor, can we start there, please? That is such a unique try-saving tackle. I've never seen one like it. Well, yeah, that it's 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 was sort of formed a bit of a pattern there where the Warriors were were creating chances early, but either through poor execution or fantastic last gas defense from Brisbane, they just yeah. couldn't get on the board. Yeah, I don't want to say they bombed. Like... I don't want to say they bombed seventeen tries because half of them was brilliant by Broncos and half of them were them bombing them. They but... bombed a couple. They bombed a couple. Brizzy saved a couple, but the Warriors bombed a couple. But I Absolutely. felt like every time Brizzy turned them away. You could see Brisbane's confidence in their defense growing. And I was talking about how the Cowboys result was sort of a typical origin depleted one. I actually thought this was a typical, a typical origin depleted performance from Brisbane, but this is the kind that that you see from really good sides. Yeah. This is the kind of performance you see from teams who are so sure of their structures and are so confident in what they want to do and how they want to play that even if a lot of blokes are out, the guys who come in just sort of are able to fill that role. This reminded me of like the years when the Roosters would have seven origin players out, but still win a game or when Melbourne would do the same or something like that. So this, this win actually is, is the most impressed I've been in Brisbane for a while because there was every reason for them to fall over. They're out of, they're missing a lot of really key guys. They're playing a, a full strength and well-rested Warriors team at a very rowdy home crowd in Napier and, and, and they had a lot of reasons to, at, at, at many points in the game to sort of be Just like, all right, well, we've put in, yeah. we've put in a they good played so we've fucking put in tough, a good dude. shift. They played so hard. They did. They really, really dug in. So I was, I was very, very impressed. Reynolds, fantastic. Of course, at halfback, um, the two young fellas that we mentioned last week, bit of a mixed bag. I thought Dean Mariner was really strong on the wing. Um, I thought he looked, he played first grade last year. He probably wasn't quite there physically. Wasn't quite ready. But this game, he looked he looked every bit of first grade. What a and, great toe for that! I know it's I know it's you know a gift, but you still got to run ninety meters. And he well, at, at the risk pace. of at the risk of sounding like I'm talking about horses, he just moved really well. Yeah, had a really good stride, a really good gait on him, you know. And he was really impressive. Brendan Piakura, I actually was thought was quite disappointing. Um, I'm not sure what the play is for him because I think he's someone who probably needs time in first grade to work out those kinks, but. If he keeps defending like he did on the, oh, geez, I think it was Charles Nukluk-Klukstad. If he keeps defending like he did on that try, then he's not going to get those reps in first grade. But um, yeah, a, a very impressive performance for Brisbane. A bit of a disappointing one from the Warriors. Yeah, um, big time. Sean Johnson sort of had a rough couple of weeks in a row yeah. now. Um, I've wrapped Tohu Harris to no end this year, but the miss that he had on Adam Reynolds in the in the lead up to the Ezra Mam try. That's not really just, that's not the, what we've come to expect from him. I thought Jackson Ford had a bit of a tough one as well, and um, I think the Warriors' performance can really be summed up by that last-minute Marcelo Montoya no try. Where Adam he didn't Pompey, have a great night either. Marcelo oh, Montoya, Marcelo. I yeah. thought he did okay. 
But like, oh, maybe I'm just judging him at the standard that I judge him now as the best outside back. <laughs> that's the, the world's premier winger. Yeah. But like Adam Pompey probably didn't need to grab Dean Mariner. I thought he'd done enough and flicked the pass. I thought he'd done enough to give Montoya a fair shot at the line. But Pompey did grab him and the try was correctly disallowed. And it just, it, to me, it sort of showed the lack of attention to detail that kind of plagued the Warriors through this entire match. But I do want, I do want to wrap Dallin Wittenny's Alesniak's willingness to just run into shit as fast and as hard as you <laughs> he's, can. He's, God, yeah. it rules so hard, bro. Just smashes into people. It's great. It, I, I, I've always been a fan of his. I don't know why, but it just, yeah. Probably yeah, the hair, dog. Yeah, like there. Yeah, that that's a Pantene ad right there. Isn't it just? But yeah, um, like I, I think that the Warriors probably, in terms of forwards, like obviously Harrison, Fanua, Blake both got through a mountain of work, but like, and whilst they probably even there, even with that, the forwards probably still did have the upper hand throughout eighty minutes. I don't think they dominated to the extent that they would have liked to dominate, given the players that Brisbane did not have. So with that in mind, I think. Again, no Haas, no Carrigan, no Flegler. Brisbane, we're never going to turn up and win this game in the middle. But I think that they did enough to not lose it. And that's all yeah, they, they had to do. They, they, held, they held their own. They held their own. Mm. Thought, um, right. I thought Kurt yep. Capewell did did pretty well when he got some minutes in the middle. Pick but maybe really. it's the sort of thing that sort of has spurred him into a little bit of action after a bit of a lackluster season. But I thought he did quite well. Maybe that's a, a preview for how Brisbane will use him in the years to come as he slows down a little bit. Maybe he comes a bit more of a a hybrid forward, forward than an out-and-out edge. But, um, yeah, very impressive for Brizzy. Really, really good signs. Yeah, great win for them. All right, uh, moving on to the other Speaking game. Speaking of Saturday, great uh, wins. Yeah, what a what a brave performance from a full-strength team against, you know, the North Sydney Bears. So full brave. <laughs> I'm being a digger. Come on, like, man. I mean, look, this is actually I, – I really enjoyed this game. Five tries each. Um, yeah, South is kind of – it's just immensely frustrating to me that a team can – like they give, they get, you get that Tom Starling try and then they allow them to strip them down that side in pretty similar fashion for the winner 15 minutes later. And it's just, I understand that that was a very piecemeal right edge at that point in the game, but still it's like no lessons were learned from that. And it was, it's a very avoidable, like no disrespect to Canberra. They played great. They played hard. Corey Horsburgh was fantastic, but my God, that was such an avoidable situation. South found themselves in and they just, stuffed it and it's, it's just very frustrating i thought they were going to pinch a relatively undeserved win with their understrength team but not to be on a a, a freezing cold night with nobody there god i hated it <laughs> i hated every second of it i had um friends of the show who get a shout out every week dave and horsborough scoresborough sitting next to me as well lapping it up um great guys but not the guys i wanted to be sitting next to in that moment <laughs> as um as albert hopawati or albert Hoppo Hattie, as they tried to start calling him, uh, crossed the line for his third. I hate it's, everything. It's a bit forced, but I, I kind of like it. Of Bert course Hoppo Hattie. You know what's interesting, dude, is last week when I said, with the way the structure is set up, if Keon's back, whoever plays right center will probably find some joy, even if it's Richie Kenner or someone. And but you, you didn't back. say Jed Cartwright. You didn't say hey, Jed Cartwright. I didn't say Jed Cartwright, <laughs> but I also forgot that there's two sides of the ball. I forgot the defending part, which... Shock horror, not as good without Campbell Graham there. And that's where Canberra found joy all night. It's no coincidence the left winger gets a hat trick. That's where Starling's try came from. Even Horsburgh's break was down the right. Uh, the, the, uh, so, no, probably was the only try that was on the other side of the field. So, like, yeah, not shocking at all that the majority of the joy came from targeting a weakened right edge. And I think that really just does highlight how important Campbell Graham is. And 
Another thing, dude, like Tane Milne, I think, had his worst game in a while. I think a lot of we've been singing his praises quite a bit. I don't think the yardage carries were there in this one. I don't think the aggression that he's learned to harness a little bit in the last few weeks was there. I just think he was a bit indecisive at times. And it was his lack of decision-making that sort of led to a couple of these tries as well. So a poor showing from him. I do think Blake Taft played okay. But yeah, overall, I, I really... Yeah, yeah, I thought Blake Taft was was quite good at the back. Um, mm. And if he hadn't saved that try on Jared Croker just before half time, there's a chance that this one isn't a contest yeah. at all. Um, one more South Sydney thing before we get to the Raiders. Look, Keon was excellent, both and in the middle like and he... on the edge, playing two different roles back from injury. I thought he was really, really good. Um, I, I would have been really disappointed if Canberra had lost this game because I felt like South Sydney, with their undermanned forward pack, couldn't make any meters on Canberra no, unless getting... Canberra oh, let, them, let them up yeah. there with an error or a penalty or something like that. And like Canberra have in so many games this year, they just kind of let them hang around, hang around, hang around. And but whenever the South got in the attacking 20, Cody Walker was just looking fantastic. Like I know a lot of people are getting really excited about how Corey Horsburgh was in this game. And he was really strong in attack. And, but like we said last week, like he's a mobile, skillful guy, a good runner on the ball. He was always going to be quite good in attack, but I thought he got exposed defensively, not with his tackling technique or anything like that, but just structurally. If you go back and you look at some of those South Sydney tries, if you look at the first Alex Johnson one in the second half, the second Alex Johnson one in the second half, and the Isaiah Tass try on all three plays, Horsburgh has been drawn into the middle of the field just because he's played in the middle for years now. Like his instinct is always going to gravitate him towards there. And guys like Arta Mariota or Emre Guler are getting caught out on edges. And Cody Walker, because he's one of the sharpest attacking minds in the game, is able to recognize that. So th th those tries don't come through through bad reads from the backs. It comes from the structural the structural integrity of that edge just sort of fell apart because they didn't that, have the back rower there. That ball to task, to by the way, the was beautiful. Oh, it was gorgeous. Right. And that was a measure of, of, of how good a ball player Cody Walker is, that he was able to identify that and exploit it time and time again, you know? But um, I, I, I do want to make mention of two guys in this one. I said last week that with Canberra getting Josh Papali'i and Jack White and back from origin through this whole season, they, they both mentioned that they really wanted to step up on focus and on club footy. And I thought we got that from Papali'i in the first half. And then we got it from Whiten in the second half with Whiten. I thought it was particularly impressive because he, he sort of, uh, he engineered those last two tries and turning around a performance when he's had like a tough start to a game, you know, having a tough start and then having a strong finish. That's something he's found really, really difficult for a really long time mm. for him. Very often the first couple of touches or the first couple of involvements really set the tone. Yeah. So him being able to turn things around like that, was um was was something that I haven't seen a lot from from him, so I was I was I was quite impressed with that. Um, what else is there? There was the Corey Harawira and Ira thing. Which, yeah, I was going to mention that once you finished talking, but yeah, yeah, that was really really scary. Um, it's scary when things like that happen on a footy field when things that are just so out of the realm. Yeah, the ground the, got even quieter somehow. Constructs like, what happened? Like yeah, yeah. Although, when, shout when, out to the fucking read the fucking room by the way at Core Stadium. Oh, and they the kept playing people. music, bro. Bro, they're just playing What's Love Got to Do With It for like four minutes while this man is like having a seizure on the ground and everyone's like, fuck, this is terrible. Yeah. It's a great just song, turn the, but just turn not, the music the time, off. Boys. Yeah. Turn it off. But yeah, Jesus. like I've um I've played in games where things like that have happened and I've watched it's games where things like that it's happen. Awful. And it's it's quite often it's it's the team that sort of um or it, it can be a lot for a team to deal with. When that happened and when South scored soon after. 
I, I thought was we were going to like, win. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I was kind of like, you know what? South's probably going to romp home from here and get a couple late. And like, that was okay with me. Cause I was like, these guys have just seen something really scary. Yeah. Happy, happen I thought to the their same. friend. Like you could see how shaken up guys like Josh Papali'i, who's been around the traps forever. You could sit on TV, you could see how shaken he was and it would shake up anybody. So I think mm. being able to sort of rally together after a scary incident like that and, and, and come home strong with a really good performance was, was really impressive from Canberra. And I know Ricky Stewart cops a lot of heat and he copped a lot of heat for a decision that we'll talk about later, but I think he's great in these sorts of situations when he needs, when he needs to rally with one of his guys, he's really good at it. Um, and so I think he, I, and I'm really glad to see that Harawira and I is doing a lot better and he's at a hospital and hopefully he can get back yeah. on the field and get a clean bill of health yeah. as soon as possible, because this, um, that kind of stuff really is very, very frightening when it happens. Apparently, and it, he, he's not really ever regarded as being a nice person on the field, but apparently Cody Walker sprinted over to the cameras and told them to get the cameras off. Yeah, that was Harry very that was uh, very happened, well done so. from Souths, I thought. Um, and Walker spoke Sammy's... very well about it after the match yeah. too. I was very impressed with him as a player and as a man on Saturday Thoughts night. Thoughts on so Big ups to him. Thought Pasami Solo was really good for you guys as that third banana in the middle. Like, yeah, did those, quite well. Yeah, did quite yeah, well. Yeah, your two and... big boppers get their two two thousand meters each, which I knew was going to happen. But I thought Solo <laughs> Solo was really good too. He, he yeah, he that was. Punch. He's been a real success story for him this year. I was I was quite impressed with Canberra. They were losing guys to injury, but being able to keep going. You know, by the end, I think who like Starling was in the centers and Papali yeah. was on an edge and. <laughs> I think, I don't know, I think the ghost of Christmas past was playing fullback like it was just a mess, but they just kind of found a way. And, you know, I know Souths were undermanned or whatever, but this to me was still a really, really tough win from Canberra. You know? Especially and, given what happened in those last 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So onwards and upwards. I'll see you at the I, grand I, final, boys. Uh, Talis Duncan's a guy that Souths fans have been frothing for a debut for a while. I only got a few minutes, but I thought he had some nice footwork. I um, like him. I like him. Good. I do. Looked like a goer. And the final game of the round, the Knights... 28, the Seagulls 18. Um, again, if if they had lost this game, this would have been like top five of this year easily. How the fuck did they lose this game? Because at one point it was like <laughs> eight line breaks to one and it was a four-point game because they'd given them two intercepts and had bombed five tries. It was like, Jesus Christ. Like, I could not believe they were losing at halftime. Like even that Lachlan Croker try was terrible as well. I know, like, man. Like they my just, God, the thing was they they were creating chances. They were just, they just could not get out of their own way. Mm. You know, like it was hilarious. Man, manly, manly, honestly, manly did well to hang in there. And then two minutes after the Saab intercept, they nearly did it again. He got I a know, hand to another one. It was like fuck me, boys. <laughs> just like just tuck it up the jumper. Like my God. Um. What. Uh, but yeah, they end up getting it done. Greg, the leg, Marzu's uh, success story continues. A hat trick there. Dom Young looks unbelievable on that last try. It was absolutely I fantastic. You, there are there are few more aesthetically pleasing open field runners in the competition than Dom Young. He looks great. Like just the the like the, 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 the way the, the way hair, he swerves, the, yeah. the, the the hair flapping behind him. It's just outstanding. I I think the the real positive for the Knights out of this one is probably Pong has moved back to fullback, which mm. we all knew was going to go well because like. Fuck, we've all seen him play great footy at fullback for years and years and years now. But the prospect of him linking down that left side with Bradman Best, who I thought was really strong, and Greg the leg, a a, a human, like a bicep that thinks, that's just that's just really exciting stuff, you know? Like, he's never had two destructive weapons like that on that side. Like, there have been some very ordinary players who have put up some very, very good try titles just because Kalen Pong has 
fucking zipping these beautiful cutout passes into their hands. He's throwing it to blokes that can really play now, you know, and I think it's the kind of weapon that the Knights are going to be able to trouble any team in the competition with. And the challenge now is the rest of their attack sort of rising to that level. You know, Ponga wasn't exclusively playing down the left side. He ducked over to the right a couple of times and had some, some really tasty touches as well, but they've sort of got, they've got, they've got their big weapon. Now they've got a lot of their strengths all coming together. Like they're like a fighter who's got a left hook and not much else, but that left hook is fucking deadly. Yeah, so all they got to you... do is add, add a, add a jab, add a nice cross, add a little bit of an uppercut, just add some things to set up your left well, hook, and then it's KO City, bro. What did you think of the Phoenix Crossland try? By the way, I saw a few people blowing up about it. I was kind of okay with it. I thought he just shuffled it backwards. Yeah, you know, I, I always play. Yeah, I, I thought, I thought it was all. I don't know, man. I felt like that was, that was a ball don't lie thing for. Manly for the Jamal for the Elliot Whitehead one last week yeah. where okay J- yeah. Jake Jabroyevich very clearly stripped the ball out and the ref said well there was no action to strip when it very clearly was and then this one was kind of like Hetherington is straining forward and the ball comes out and you can say that that's a strip but Hetherington but to me that's a strip Hetherington's also knocked it on in the process mm. so I was very surprised they allowed that to to play on but like that's what we talk about with swings and roundabouts you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah. Um Manly, yeah. it's hard it's hard to know how much it of is. this to take away from Manly because they they're, just have the missing no turbo, stop no any cherry, of their top guys like, and they are on. such a top heavy team. Like I said, I thought they did well just to hang into it and just stay into it as much as they could. Yeah. Probably expected a little bit more from Schuster. Would have liked to have seen him well build on that build on that performance against Canberra a little bit, but it didn't quite go that way. Yeah, and um Cooper John's being or Jack uh, John's being hooked. Well, they were both in this game. Imagine if, imagine if Manly hooked both of them. It'd been funny. Man, if, imagine yeah. if, if Seabold sent the message down, Cooper, you're off and tell your brother to come with you. Wow. Can you imagine? <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, Jake Arthur came on. He touched the ball a lot, but yeah, it's a, that's that's about it. All right. Uh, but yeah, look, not worried about, I mean, not well, they should be worried. Manly are bad at full stop, but like not not extra worried about them because, you know, all the good players went here. So Yeah, as this was close to ended Miss 11. It's better. An important win for the Knights. A steadying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh, no, it's Simi Redradra. Redradra's away. Simi Redradra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will. Yes. Semi Randrandra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Randrandra. Okay, we are running long, but a couple of little tidbits of news before we get out of here. Um, Nick, your joke of a hokey little podunk <laughs> small time club, despite having a bunch of injuries in their back line, oh, are resting man. their starting center this week so that they can. Have some balloon arches for him at Bruce Stadium next weekend. Pathetic. Oh man, man, I could not, I could not believe this. So, you, if you guys have been listening for the last couple of weeks, you might have heard I wasn't going to be able to make it to the Raiders game at Campbelltown on Friday, even though it's like very close to my ancestral home because I'm having a trip away with the family that I could not miss and would not miss. And I was, I was fine with it. It's all right. Like Jerry Croker's three hundredth. I can watch it on TV. It'll be sweet. But. Because they've now decided to rest him and they're going to play that 300th game against the Warriors, I'm now going to be able to attend. So I'd like to thank Ricky Stewart and the Raiders for this incredible gift to me personally. Perhaps the number one Jared Croker booster 
who's ever it, lived. It was quite I know, funny. Was, I, know, I know him playing 300 is all about him, but it kind of feels like it's a bit about When, when the rumor well. was swirling around, like straight after the Souths game, that this might happen, I was still with friend of the show, Dave, who lives in Canberra, but was has planned to come to Campbelltown next weekend and can't go to Canberra yeah. the following week. So I had my Raiders supporting friend who lives in Canberra hoping that the Croker would play in Campbelltown. And I had my Raiders supporting friend who is associated with the Campbelltown Camden area, hoping that he would not play in Campbelltown. It was very funny to just oh, watch that back and forth. I know one of you had to lose out. Sucks for Dave, but it's great yeah, for you. Well, I'm very happy for you. I do feel for the Raiders fans who had planned to come to Campbelltown for that game. Cause I know that there was a fair few of them. And if I'm being totally objective, I don't like this. I as a footballing decision. It's fucking terrible. It's yeah, ridiculous. As, like, I, I'm a big is he your starting in... center or not. Yeah, like, he's I'm not a, a fucking make a wish in... kid. Unless there's unless there's exceptional team circumstances, like you yeah. know, you're oh, dude, if it was like if it was round, round twenty four and you were relatively locked yeah. into your final destination on the ladder, fine. But yeah, like that's you're in the midst, you're in the middle of a top four fight right now. Yeah, or play, a top eight should, fight, you depending should, on how you, you want to look at it. Your be- you should play your best team unless yeah. there's big extenuating circumstances. And so, whilst I am happy for you, I think this situation is embarrassing, and oh, I oh, honestly I don't, don't think. Any other team would do this. No, well, you know what? You've nailed it there. I don't think any other team would do this. I mentioned in the past that Canberra, for better and for worse, is a club that is run on emotion and is and, and is a lot more... A lot of the decision-making is a lot more emotional than a lot of cl- other clubs are. That doesn't mean Canberra care more or anything like that. I just think feelings and sentimentality and all of that play a larger role in some of the club's decisions than they do for the roosters or the storm or the rabbit eyes or anything like that, mm. you know? Um, so to that end, I'm surprised they're doing this, but I'm also kind of not, I'm also, I, this is the sort of thing that Ricky would do. And this is the sort of thing the Raiders would do, you know? So while I, I pro I, on an objective level, I don't agree with it. I can mm. see where it's come from. And yeah, I do think it's really funny that Ricky said he just decided to do it without talking to Croker. That is very because Croker Croker. There's no way Croker would have said, "Yeah, rest me." Not a chance. Not not after he's fought so hard to to get back into to first grade. In he want to play yeah. every game he can. Um, they are. Well, a bit what happens up. if his replacement has a absolute blinder? Well, I don't. It might be Harley Smith Shields. So I don't know if that's going to well, happen. But the thing is, like you can say, Canberra's got a bunch of backline injuries, and they do. They also have a fair amount of backline depth. So, like, even that's if true. even if Seb Chris is out, he had that ankle injury on the weekend. Savage can come in for him. Um, and then you've got Kotrick and you've got Hopawadi and you've got Timoko and you've got a lot of guys outside of them, ones who have first grade experience, like Smith Shields, like Shiller. There's a lot of like warm bodies they can throw in there, even if there are a couple of blokes that have yeah, bashed up. That's true. Did enjoy the Tigers fans saying, oh, he's just trying to avoid Stafford Tower. Yep. Did not enjoy the Tigers fans bringing up the penalty miss from 2010. That's a bit mean. Didn't like that. Felt that well, was a bit mean. Perhaps warranted, perhaps, but still. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm interested to see how how this impacts the Tigers now, because now the Tigers have a an inbuilt extra motivation for this game. They can say, oh, they're not taking us seriously, even though like Ricky went went in the press conference said, you know, the the Dave Ferner and Tim Shane's had played a role in Croker's career, Dude. and this isn't this isn't disrespect or anything. It's so easy to twist this into disrespect, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, maybe the Tigers will be really fired up. Jareem Buller and, and the crew come in and knock them over and 
That's the thing. It kind of puts big pressure on Canberra two weeks in a row because now if they lose this Tigers game, everyone will be and talking about Ricky Rest plays badly. Yeah. I'm just imagining a scenario, by the way, like hypothetically, if Canberra if Canberra were losing their stadium and had to go on a six-week road trip of the nation like Souths are doing later in this season and Jared Croker was on 299 at the start of that road trip, <laughs> would Ricky rest him for the entire road trip? That's crazy. But the, <laughs> the funny thing is as well, it, it would be so easy to just have two, have like two weeks ago, I've just said, yeah, we're resting Croker because, you know, like he's, he's playing a lot of footy. He hasn't played a lot of footy the last couple of years. It was giving him a breather because he's an old man. Instead of just saying, yeah, we're pulling him for a while. Yeah, I would have liked to have him to have been arrested against South because he did play pretty well. So. I thought he did too, yeah. Kicked yeah. really well. I love him. Well, I'll get I all emotional about I've Jared only got, Kroger. I've only had selfies with two NRL players in my life, and he's one of them. So I'll get all I'll get all emotional about Jared Croker the week that he actually does play his 300, but rest assured, I I am del- I, I kind of am – while I disagree no. with this decision – I am delighted that he's going to be able oh, to have that special day. I, I absolutely agree with like in a vacuum, the, the, the emotion of the day being at home, you being able to be there on a personal level, I'm stoked for you. Footballing perspective, ridiculous, but all the other stuff, great. And yeah. you know, if you beat the Tigers or even if you lose the Tigers and it's not Harley Smith Shields fault, we'll all forget about it next week anyway. So Whereas you'll remember the 300 games. There are games, nothing to sneeze at. There's not many players that get to play well, 300 NRL games. No, so. there is a and way we keep talking story. about it. Oh. Say, they, say they, regardless of the result of the Tigers, if they rest him, he plays the Warriors in that home game and they lose. Uh, then that'll be something that like 20 years from now, you'll say, hey, bro, remember when they rested Croker and then he played his 300 and they fucking lost? That's <laughs> true, actually. You don't want that. Yeah, yeah don't want that. So big um, pressure on them two weeks in a row now. I think yeah, they're good absolutely. enough to rise to it, but it won't be easy. And uh, one other signing news, the Roosters re-signed Jared Rehargos and Daniel Tupo for another season. Um, I guess the Tupo one was mildly, not mildly surprising, but like interesting given they've got Dom Young coming in. But I guess the Suwali situation as it stands... Yeah, Daniel Tupo is an amazing club player. He's been a great servant for that team. And everyone loves having him around. And ditto Jared Hargrave. So I think as long as those two guys want to keep playing footy, I would I would find it weird to see them in a non-Roosters jersey. So would I. I'm still surprised that both these things have happened because I thought the Roosters signing Dom Young and Spencer Lenu was going to be contingent on mm. these two guys leaving, either into retirement or to Super League. And I actually think... Hargraves was planning to retire this year, but I think he came back and was playing so well that they thought everyone thought, well, let's get up and let's, let's all go do it again. Um, but yeah, I, I was surprised to see, to see these, these, these two moves happen, not because they're not playing well or whatever, but just because I thought the Roosters had started planning for life after these two, but uh, yeah, one more time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Good for them. Everyone likes Daniel Tupo, don't they? And we like Jared Rhea Hargraves. So real heads like Rhea Hargraves. It's true. He's Ball a very knows. good player. Always plays well in big games. All right. Uh we got a big game to worry about uh tomorrow. Uh listeners, uh keep your eyes out on the feed. We're gonna do a re-release of the uh 2014 game two retrospective that uh Campo, Mitch and I did uh during COVID when there was no footy and we did a bunch of those greatest game shows. It's gonna do a re-release on the main feed uh for new people uh to listen to if they might not have heard it before. If you have Congratulations. You've listened to old podcasts. You want a medal? Well, maybe you can have one. If you go to patreon.com forward slash little room rookies, maybe I'll add that as a perk. You get a medal. I don't know. That, but, um, it was part of our greatest game series that we did a while ago. And we're going to be starting that up again soon. So we just wanted to be. 
give everyone a little taste. Give have them you something got a to game to suggest on Origin Day? You want on? Let us know. Let us know. Well, if you want to, if you want to be able to pick one, you have to be have in to be... a certain Patreon tier. I think it's, I think it's the one where your name gets read out. Sure. Is well, that well, the one? well, what a great segue! Because thank, you. <laughs> I did it. I did a segue. <laughs> you did it. I'm so proud of you. Because <laughs> speaking of that tier, thank you too, Chris Avnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Where's Reno, Alex Sergicomi, Butsy, Chewbacca, Snuffleupagus, Dan Carlin, David, Doc Hog, an anonymous backer. Don't piss on my back and tell me it's raining. Ed Burton, Frankie Yorts, Scoresbro, Jace Felix Farnworth, Jason, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh Brandon, Kicks Outs Out of the Comp, Lock and Hancock, Lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Charles Smidball, Matty Jenkins, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins, my name is Matt Bungard, and I love Taylor Swift. My ding ding dong is hard and I am sad. Never trendy. Pat McManus, Ray Stone Gosshard, Reese Brown, Robert Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Shanta Tai TV, The Black Vegetable, Thor, Tom Hardy, Twilo's Pies Investment Group, Was, and West Life's Podcast. Thank you so much to you for your support. To everyone in the lower tiers, everyone, everyone who just listens, thank you as well. Yeah, don't piss on my back and tell me it's raining. Well, Words well, to that was, um, that was, uh, That's the, the combat vehicle. It is, aka the prisoner of belief or whatever. Yeah, it was <laughs> warden of the prison of belief. That's it. That's he'll it. have a oh. he'll have a new name every couple of weeks, and if you sign up to the Patreon, so can you. And Bungard has to read it out. I have to no say, no matter I'm how legally, weird or depraved, legally or... obligated to read it out. I have. That's to That's right. It Under penalty, there's of probably torture. a line I would draw, but I don't know what it. Is. No one's got to it yet, and I say kicks outs out of the comp twice a week, every week. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, uh, and for patrons, question time, our usual bonus show that every patron gets will be out a day later than usual as well. Things are different during Origin, including our schedule. So just shut up, all right? <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll probably. I think we're looking at releasing that sometime on Thursday during the day. Yes. We'll have an Origin recap that'll go up either really late Wednesday night or first thing Thursday morning, and then the Friday show will come as normal on Friday. So. Mm. Show Friday show, we're working be... working hard for you this week, buddy. Yeah, yeah. We 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 don't want to. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll just break it up. You get an extra podcast. What are you worried about? You get two. You're getting one every day this week. If you're a patron. You're getting four out of five. If you're not, so that's still pretty damn good. Damn, damn that's good. Damn right. All right, Cam. I'm very excited. Uh, oh, what's your uh, what's your food plan for Wednesday? I'm gonna. Uh, yeah. not sure. Going to going to my cousin's house to to watch it. Um, a combat vehicle? No, no. Combat vehicles are different family member oh, this is okay. um this is cousin liam's parents i love cousin liam yeah parents of oh. beloved patron pat mcmanus who i had dinner with tonight and i said oh man you subscribed i really appreciate that and he said yeah i can't figure out how to unsubscribe so that's just how it is i hope that's dry humor and not a genuine gripe because that hurts my feelings if well so. mate he can't figure out how to unsubscribe so it's, well you know what? we'll just that's, keep taking uh, his money so that's what i'm doing the, what the longest you? war in human history is the camptons against technology so what um what what does a vegan do food wise on origin night what do you mean just like the non the vegan like i'll get pizza from either crust or Domino's, like most people but uh just uh with like impossible sausage or impossible beef or whatever and Vegan cheese, it'll be great. I'm excited. Cool. Also, Domino's garlic breads are just na- but vegan by default, which is great. Are they really? Yep. I don't know wow. how. I'm not going to question it though. Damn. Um, wouldn't so, have, wouldn't yeah. have picked that. No, you wouldn't have. Um, but yeah, uh, that that's probably the plan for that. Uh, so uh, and to everyone, Queensland, New South Wales, unaffiliated. Uh, enjoy the game. Enjoy your They're football. special. They're always great. I know I bitch about them in the lead up, but they unlike nothing else. When the game starts, it is a true spectacle. And if you one of our three Adelaide listeners, just go, all right? Go to the game. It's not sold out yet, so sort it out. Okay. All right, we did it. Say goodbye, Campo. Goodbye, Bertrand. And it's goodbye from me.